here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. We're heading into the the true finals uh, for most of you out there. Uh, a select few may be pushing into weeks uh, seventeen and eighteen, but uh, for a lot of you, this past week was a make or break, and and this week coming up, maybe your your championship final. Uh, you may have one more week. Some of you, like I said, you you make that final push to end the season on the right way. We're, we're definitely in some uncharted waters because of COVID. We have some games pushing. Uh, right now, as we record, we have a Saturday night game that got pushed to Monday between the Raiders and the Browns. Tomorrow night on Tuesday, there is still a regular Monday night game, the Bears and the Vikings. And then on Tuesday, we actually pushed two games, uh, our beloved Eagles against the Washington football team and the Rams and Seattle Seahawks in a, another divisional battle. So, Crazy week because of COVID going into the holidays. It's kind of like bowl games, but not quite the same feel, huh, Pat? Yeah, it's uh, not only has it been a weird week with COVID, but it's been a weird week with a lot of guys that have sort of probably gotten you to your fantasy playoffs, just completely disappointing you and letting you down yeah. in this first week. I mean, there was just so many big name players that, just did absolutely nothing. I mean, Tom Brady last night, basically all the receivers in that in that game were pretty much terrible except for except for Marcus Callaway, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just just during the rest of the week, I mean, it's funny we kicked off this Thursday night game with your a lot of your fantasy starters, Kelsey and your Ecklers and your Tyree Kills and things like that. Those guys all, you know, put up some pretty good numbers, look like the start of a pretty normal week. And then Sunday rolled around and man, it just, I mean, so many players had their worst performances probably of the entire season uh, in week 15. And and a lot of, uh, you know, obviously we're on Twitter and things and we see a lot of uh, fantasy football posts on there and people are just like, man, this is, you know, they're naming all their starters. And, and this is the, this is the team that, you know, I'm now out of the playoffs with, and it's guys like Mixon and and uh, Alvin Kamara and you know, Mike Evans, and it's just it's the laundry list of big name players that just did not produce all in the same week. Luckily, though, you could possibly have been on the other side of that, and and some of your uh, opponents' big name players could have left them wanting and and helped you to move on, and hopefully, you know, that's what happened to you. I know for me personally. I'm in the playoffs in all of my leagues, but the only two I really care too much about um, at this point, ones that I play with, um, you know, close friends, family, things like that. I had a buy in both of those. Thank goodness. Because I mean, I did set a lineup as I always do just to kind of keep in the flow of doing my daily routine. But uh, thank God I didn't have to play anybody because I would have got crushed (laughs) in both of those leagues. It looks like this week. So how how do you uh, fare in in your? I know you had one playoff matchup that you uh, that you were in, right? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my league at work uh, first round battle, uh, and it was actually back to back weeks against the same guy who had uh, taken me out the prior week, and and this was kind of like the the rubber match, I think, for us. Uh, I, I rode the Travis Kelsey wave from Thursday night, where you know, looking at that early on, he he wasn't really doing too well, and then turns around and he he just. He finished strong. I mean, as strong as anybody can. And I know a lot of people have been downing him 
maybe thinking he lost a step and, and now Mark Andrews is the tight end one and, and things like that. So yeah, he, he did pretty well for me. Uh, rest of my team isn't doing as good, but uh, the other guy is not really getting points. So it looks like I'll, I'll probably slide into the semifinals next week. But of course, Travis Kelsey being one of these hot names that just popped up on COVID for this week, uh, just see Jared Goff popping up, uh, you know, a couple other names here. Uh, Austin Eckler just uh, earlier today as well. So some of these folks are vaccinated. So it's, you know, relaxed, wait and see how it goes. Hopefully everybody's okay. But obviously the league has strengthened uh, a lot of the rules based on what just happened over the weekend. And yeah, like Pat just said, you had a lot of players that that failed at their at their job, so to speak, by being your, you know, your starter all season. And some of these names that have shown up over the weekend, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at these names like, Hey, who are, you know, why is Gabriel Davis? Why is Duke Johnson? Uh, why, you know, uh, Dalton Schultz. And, and we're talking in a, in a total flex position, wide receiver for running back and tight end, but you, you still have, uh, you know, you still have a lot of players out there that are that are due to play and, and come in and again. Got that Raiders Browns going on right now, and you still have four teams getting ready to battle on Tuesday. So some of this could right the ship a little bit, and hopefully for next week everything's in a in a way better spot coming out of the holiday. So that being said, I know we're going to probably dive right into looking at our streamers and our waiver wires for the week. Uh, again, it's slim pickings, but. Then again, now because of COVID, and I know you said it last week, Pat, between handcuffs and injuries and stuff like that, uh, now's the time where you want to jump on some of these players. And, and I know you have a few on your list. Yeah. So we did talk a little bit last week about grabbing those handcuffs. I think it's very important now, especially because of the COVID stuff. Now, a lot of these instances, if one guy gets COVID, you know, other guys in, in that running back or wide receiver room are pro- possibly going to test positive for it as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it, there's a little bit of chance that you're taking, I guess, even when you're, when you're picking up the, the handcuffs to, especially to your running backs, but you still want to make sure that I think the biggest thing is make sure that you're paying attention throughout the week because guys are being added and taken off of the COVID IR pretty much on a daily basis. So pay attention. Now is the time of year, especially because it's the playoffs and especially because of the rise in the COVID cases in the NFL, you definitely need to make sure that you are paying attention daily. Go in and check your lineup every day, especially as you get closer and closer to kickoff of those games. See if anybody in your roster has that little red COVID you know, notation next to their name and get that person out of your lineup and get in, you know, the best possible replacement as quickly as you can. We're going to give you a couple guys today that you could potentially pick up off of the waiver wire to stash and possibly either play or just have on your bench in case, you know, again, one of your starters does happen to pop up on that COVID list or, you know, you've, you still got injuries and practice and illnesses and things like that. The first guy that we're going to talk about, and we're going to start at the running back position as we usually do, is Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is only owned in about 28% of leagues. And I just found out today, it looks like Leonard Fournette is definitely going to miss a week or two is the what's coming out of Tampa Bay. He had a hamstring injury. He left the game last night versus New Orleans. And, you know, there's obviously 
need for a starting running back now in that offense. And Ronald Jones was the guy that jumped in and is going to continue to be the guy that gets the bulk of the carries in Fournette's absence. As much as the Bucks have been running the ball lately, I think you're going to want to um, invest in Ronald Jones as probably your your priority waiver wire target. Uh, it looks like Fournette could potentially again if you're if you stop playing in Week 17. I mean, one to two weeks. I mean, that's Week 16 to Week 17. So you could be without Fournette for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. So if you are a Fournette owner and you don't have Ronald Jones already on your bench, it's imperative that you get out and get him uh, this week. Another guy that isn't maybe on the level that Ronald Jones is only because of the fact that I feel like this backfield is going to be a little bit more split is Jeff Wilson Jr. from the San Francisco 49ers. Elijah Mitchell has missed two games in a row now with his knee injury. And we'll, we'll still have to wait and see whether he is able to play this week or not. But the 49ers play on Thursday night. So there's a decent chance that Wilson gets the bulk of the work again and and Mitchell misses his third straight game. So if you do not have Jeff Wilson, if he's still available in your league, which he is in about 59% of leagues, uh, go out and pick him up his last two games. He's had 34 carries, 166 yards, a touchdown, and then he's added two receptions on two targets for nine yards in the receiving game. So, I mean, they're not gangbusters numbers, but for especially as bad as some of the running backs have done this week, Jeff Wilson looks like, you know, he, he could be one of the bigger stud running backs uh, available. If he's still out there on your waiver wire, I suggest going and grabbing him. And again, if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play, uh, I think he's an, an easy insta start this week versus the Tennessee Titans. Another guy that I think deserves at least a look at the running back position is Craig Reynolds from the Detroit Lions. He's kind of a guy that probably nobody has ever heard of. I know I hadn't really heard much about him. Used to play for the Houston Astros, didn't he? (laughs) My thing is, there's a guy named Craig Reynolds, I think, played for them. Played, uh, he played center? Yeah, I think I think he was center. (laughs) Um, He was a slap hitter. He's fine. Well, so is this guy, it seems like. He he looks like he's not not the home run guy, but he did have a, a pretty... Uh, you know, he had a pretty good game this past week uh, against Arizona and in a very shocking, um, you know, probably the most shocking uh, upset of maybe the season so far. Honestly, I mean, there's there was one other game, I think, earlier in the year where the Jets beat somebody or maybe Houston. But uh, I was this I was thoroughly shocked to see not only that Detroit won this game, but but how handily they won it. And Craig Reynolds had a lot to do with that. Coming into week 16. It looks like Swift will most likely miss a third straight game with his, his uh, neck injury. And honestly, like if I'm the Lions, I'm not going to rush Swift back anyway. Even if he was, you know, semi healthy, you're two and 11 and one. Like, why rush your star running back back in? You know what I mean? Now, there is a chance that Jamal Williams could come back and play this week. And I think that that's most likely going to happen but again if you're detroit reynolds has played well jamal williams is a guy who you have probably plans to sort of be a a a a number two punch to your deandre swift for 
at least another season after this one. I believe he signed a two-year deal with them, if I'm not mistaken. And why would you rush these guys back? Why would you give Williams or Swift uh, a huge number of carries in games that honestly don't matter? Honestly, you, I'm not saying that the Lions are tanking um, or they should be trying to tank or any of that. I don't really believe in tanking personally, but winning games at this point only hurts their franchise. So why not see what you have in Craig Reynolds and give him the ball a little bit more? Again, this is one of those, if you're in your fantasy playoffs and you're starting a guy like Craig Reynolds, you're, you're kind of, you know, taking your life into your own hands there. But he is a guy who I think has earned at least some carries in a committee role. If uh, Jamal Williams comes back next week, I, I still think that Reynolds is going to get uh, at least eight to 10 carries and, and maybe a few targets out of the backfield. Again, not ideal for a running back that you're trying to start to win a playoff game in your fantasy playoffs, but uh, at least it's something, again, it's more than you're getting from, from a guy like Fournette, obviously, who's unable to play. So if, if Reynolds is available, he's a guy who, who's going to get some touches, I believe, moving forward, at least for the next week or so. Yeah, and they have a winning record without DeAndre Swift, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> Two and one in the last three without him. So, I right, just saying, just saying. We, figured, was a, we figured it out. Yep, and that was a two-year deal that Jamal Williams did sign. So yeah, okay. he's he's still worthy uh, once he gets back. And the last running back that we're going to talk about is, I believe, the last one, unless Rudy has anything to to add here, but the last guy I, I wanted to talk about was JD McKissick from the Washington football team. He's only available in about 54% of league. So he's, he's right on the cusp there of, of not even making this, this uh, waiver segment, but he should be back this week from his concussion. And if you remember McKissick had a quite a few big weeks uh, for the Washington football team and going down the stretch, Washington's schedule gets, gets pretty dicey. And it looks like they're going to be in some games where they're going to be behind. They are, you know, again, one of the teams that's been ravaged on this, this COVID list. So who knows come tomorrow night, what's going to be available. If McKissick is still available in your league or out there in your league, and you can grab him now, I would go ahead and do that and not wait until after the week is over. Because uh, again, when it, especially if you roster Antonio Gibson, I believe that you should roster JD McKissick as well. He's just a guy who, like I said, has a role in that offense. And if anything happens to any of the receivers or if anything happens to Gibson, McKissick is a guy that can come in and, and sort of wear a lot of different hats and play a lot of different roles for that team. He's a really good pass catcher. And I think that, you know, he's a guy moving forward that if he's healthy, he, he's going to be a part of what Washington looks to do on offense. And I think that, uh, if he's available in your league, you should go out and grab him and, and stick him on your bench, especially with everything that we've got going on. Before we started, we mentioned the handcuffs, but I'm going to hit it again one more time just to kind of reiterate it and, and pound it in there. You really need to make sure that you have, I mean, Joe Mixon went down uh, in that game at the end of the game uh, for, uh, against the Denver Broncos. If you have Joe Mixon, you need to have Samaj P. Ryan. You know, if you have... Elijah Mitchell, you need to have Jeff Wilson. If you have Leonard Fournette, you you need to have Ronald Jr. These are the reasons. This is why we talked last week about picking up handcuffs for your for your running backs in one in these single week elimination tournaments. 
if your guy goes down, you don't want to have to fight on the waiver wire for, you know, the third or fourth best option. You want to have your players back up on your roster already. So again, if you do not have your, your handcuffs, let week 15 and you, and you skated through, let week 15 be the lesson that you had to learn the hard way and get those handcuffs on your roster this week and hold on to them through the rest of the fantasy playoffs. Drop those second tight ends and the fourth and fifth wide receivers that you're holding on to. At this point, it's too late. Like you, There's not enough time for you to let a guy develop on your bench. He's not going to help you. You know who you're starting. Look at your starting lineup over the next couple of weeks and make sure that you have an actionable plan if one of those guys goes down. That's just that's how you win fantasy football leagues is by making sure that when other teams lose players due to COVID, you have steady backups that you can slide in there and you know take the bulk of the work and and basically produce as if they were the same guy that you lost at least to an eighty percent rate of of what you're losing in your starting player. Uh, again, you're you're 100% on that. I mean, you just mentioned the handcuffs and, and another name just popping in, but like a Justin Jackson who already split carries on Thursday enough with Austin Eckler banged up, and they both put up some points. Uh, but like you just said, Pat, you, you do need to have a player like that ready. Now you have Eckler as well on the COVID list. Who knows if he will play? Uh, the team could hold him out just for maintenance, thinking they can get by for a week. Maybe, you know, again, maybe they do that. They have Houston, so maybe they think they can – get by and, and then finish strong against two divisional opponents with Denver and the Raiders. So again, that's another guy, a uh, uh, Justin Jackson that you might want to just, you know, hang on to keep around, uh, you know, Naeem Hines, you know, for some people he is rostered, but again, not a lot. Uh, he sneaks in a score once in a while. Uh, I, I'm, that's great. But at the same time, if Jonathan Taylor goes down, uh, they probably lean on him first before they go back to Marlon Mack. So again, some of these guys that got you there, Again, it could come down to just one play and they get knocked out uh, if you have the guy back there ready to go just in case. Uh, again, you may have enough depth at running back where you can just plug and play, but you definitely want to have the, uh, the the Robin to somebody's Batman on that level based on the, the volume of targets and touches that they get in that offense. Yeah, exactly. And, and not only do you want to look to pick up your handcuffs, but look, at, look and see who your, your opponent is is for the following week like you know whoever's coming up next for you in your playoff bracket if, if you have you know uh, some sort of playoff bracket you can kind of tell who's going to win these games by now well usually by now you can but i would say by the end of these two games tonight you have a pretty good idea of who you're going to be facing next week look at their team see who their their running backs are and pick up their handcuffs it, it, i mean if if their guy goes down due to COVID or goes down during one of these last, you know, four games, three and a half games that are left to be played this week, having that person's handcuff on your roster already blocks them from picking up that player. And now, you know, they have to then move to, you know, an option that, that may not be as, as productive. So there's no, there's no rule that says you can't play defense and pick up somebody else's handcuff as well. So be smart, use those roster positions, there's a transition that happens in the in fantasy from your regular season to your fantasy playoffs. In your fantasy playoffs, you don't necessarily need to carry as many 
backup players. I shouldn't say backup players. You don't need to carry as many potential starters. You need to sort of switch and use your roster space as sort of a, uh, almost like a regular NFL depth chart. Like you want to line up your guys so that you have, you know, especially pieces of these good offenses, like, um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, for example, if mixing goes down, Samaje Pirine is a guy who is a potential top 12, top 15 back. Uh, you know, he's, he's been putting up pretty decent fantasy numbers even while Mixon's been healthy. So given him the bulk of the carries and, you know, pretty much the bulk of the running back work in that offense, he's going to produce for you. He's going to get you, you know, 12 to 15, possibly more uh, fantasy points in, in a given week. So getting those guys on your roster who, are you know there to you know they may not help anybody else but if a, if your guy goes down they're definitely going to help you that's what you need to use your bench spots on for if you're making a playoff run all right so let's move on to a couple of wide receivers again with the wide receiver position we're not going to hit too many guys because i don't think there's a lot of teams that are in the playoffs again unless you know, you've got some injuries or some, some guys on the COVID list or whatever. There's not a lot of fantasy teams that aren't really set in most instances at their starting positions. But if you do have somebody go down, there is uh, some options available on the waiver wire out there. The first one that I'm going to hit is AJ green from the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to pick him first, not because I think he's the, the number one wide receiver pickup on the week, but because he technically doesn't fit the less than 50% rostered, um, you know, threshold that we usually use, he's actually rostered in 57% of leagues, but I think he's important enough to make sure that I touch on because with DeAndre Hopkins now being out for the remainder of at least the regular season, which means the remainder of the fantasy season, AJ Green is their number one receiver now. That's just going to be the, the case moving forward. Uh, I think that they're going to involve Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, you know, both running backs out of the backfield, Zach Ertz. I think all of those guys are going to see increased targets because of Hopkins' absence. But AJ Green has been the guy who has seemed to produce the most consistently. Now, Kirk has had your bigger boom weeks, but he's also sort of completely disappeared quite a few times. Not that Green hasn't disappeared, but Green's been a little bit more consistent. He's gotten the most targets on the team. And I think that he's the guy who Kyler Murray is going to look for in situations where he needs a big play or he needs a first down or whatever. He's AJ Green's the established sort of veteran guy on that team. And I think that he absolutely needs to be rostered now more than ever with DeAndre Hopkins out. Rudy, your guy, Russell Gage, makes the list. He's available in just over 50%, 51% of leagues. And, I mean, Gage is finally doing it. He's finally stepping into that number one role. In his last five games, he's gone 34 receptions on 44 targets for 369 yards and two touchdowns. He's had double-digit PPR points in every game except for one where he scored 9.9. And he has been the clear leader in the receiving game for Atlanta. He had a great touchdown catch this week where he like jumped over a defender, you know, grabbed the ball and then 
you know, got his, got his rear end down in the end zone to, I mean, it was, it was a really, it looked like, you know, a catch you'd see from a guy like a Justin Jefferson or, you know, like a Julio Jones back in the day. Yeah. I mean, it was a really, it was a really nice catch. And um, I think, you know, we all kind of thought like when Calvin Ridley walked away for, you know, his whole mental health issues that he's been working on or, or what have you, we all kind of, you know, and, and you and I, we both talked on this podcast about, you know, Russell Gage and, you know, Kyle Pitts and Tajay Sharp and, you know, where's this offense going to, who's it going to funnel through now? And Russell Gage was the guy who we both thought, you know, was going to step into that number one wide receiver role. And I think initially, you know, he disappointed, but the more comfortable he gets in that role, and the more comfortable Matt Ryan gets with him in that role, the more he's been producing. And you said it last week, and I, you know, I give you all the credit in the world for it. He is a guy who he's one of those guys who you pick up at the end of the year who could potentially win your fantasy league for you this year. I mean, if you put, if you have Russell Gage in your flex the last couple of weeks and you were struggling to make the playoffs, he probably got you there. And if you're in the playoffs right now and you're looking for a guy to put in your flex that is going to outscore most other flex positions from, you know, other teams that you're playing gauge is probably that guy for you. So uh, if he's still available in your league, which he isn't obviously in 51% of leagues man, go out and grab him and, and get him on your bench and, and honestly try to find a way to get him in your lineup. I mean, unless you're really stacked at wide receiver, there's not many guys who have, have outperformed Russell gauge in the last few weeks. So uh, I don't see how you could be, you know, starting too many other players over him in a flex spot. Another guy we're going to talk about that's close to your heart, Root, is uh, Amon Ross Aiton Brown from the Detroit Lions. He's rostered in only 24% of leagues, so he's available in still over 75% of leagues. He's been the wide receiver six over the past three weeks, averaging 21.2 PPR fantasy points per game. He's averaging 11.7 targets a game and 9.3 receptions per game, which is tied for fifth and tied for fourth in the, in the entire league. That's all positions in that stretch. And he's been the, the team's leading pass catcher. And now with TJ Hawkinson out for the rest of the season, it just looks like Jared Goff is funneling more targets St. Brown's way. And I think that, you know, there's only more good things to come from him. Again, <laughs> we talk about, you know, all these these great receivers that are out there, your Tyree Kills and your your Devontae Adams and, you know, all these other guys who, you know, got drafted really high and, and are have been a staple probably in your fantasy team for the majority of the season. You got to pay attention to these guys who are coming on strong at the end of the year, especially these young guys because this is a time for them to make a name for themselves and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they do that. So, you know, we got Elijah Mitchell potentially coming back off of injury this week. You know, we've got Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, there's, there's other rookie wide receivers out there that are um, starting to step up and starting to um, sort of show that they are capable if given the opportunity and, I think if you can get your hands on one of these guys that's sort of, you know, trying to make a name for himself, these are the guys that are that are going to produce when given the opportunity because you can tell how badly they really want it. Along with Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds has been decent recently. I, I'm not suggesting 
that you go out and grab Reynolds right away, but he's a name that I just wanted to mention real quick. He's been averaging about six targets, almost four and a half receptions and 63 yards a game in his last three. Again, this is with DeAndre Swift out, you know, being one of the top targets in that offense, Swift was when he was healthy. There's obviously a, a lot more to go around now for some of these wide receivers. And I think that Josh Reynolds has been another guy who has been sort of benefiting from uh, the, the the missing pieces in that Detroit offense. And I think that he's a guy that could continue to produce with the the targets that he's getting in this offense if, if he still continues to get them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Green Bay Packers. He's owned in 22% of leagues since week 11. He's seen a major uptick in targets. He's averaging almost eight targets a game, seven, 7.75 targets a game. And he's turned that into, in those last four games, he's turned that into two pretty solid uh, fantasy performances, both 20-point plus performances. And he's had the opportunity to do that every week. Sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses. So he's obviously not one of, you know, a guy that you can put in your lineup and, and guarantee anything. But if you're getting almost eight targets a game from Aaron Rodgers, there are worse places to be. And, and if you're struggling at the wide receiver position, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a guy who he's a boomer bust guy for sure, but he's a guy that you can throw into your lineup. And, you know, like I said, could potentially get you 20. He could also potentially get you four. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you, you know, you need a big, a big output to, you know, maybe keep pace with a, a stronger team, a, a team who has a little bit more firepower perhaps in the playoffs. Uh, MVS is one of those guys that can equalize the the score based off of his big playability and and how deep his his targets are. And, you know, he's just one of those guys that, you know, he either makes big, big plays and scores touchdowns and, you know, he'll have a, a four for 120 and, and a touchdown or, you know, a four for 18. And that'll be pretty much all you get out of him. So he's definitely boomer bust, but I, he's definitely worth a, a roster spot if you're, if you're looking for something like that. And the last wide receiver that we're going to talk about is Gabriel Davis from the Buffalo Bills. He's owned in 12% of leagues. And uh, since Emmanuel Sanders has been out with his knee injury, Davis has sort of stepped up and kind of stepped into that two role. Cole Beasley is the slot receiver. That is his role. That doesn't change. Beasley didn't step into the two and, you know, Davis step into the three. That's, that's not the way Buffalo works. Beasley is their slot guy. So when Sanders went out, Davis jumped into that number two role and he's been really good in that role. He's actually outperformed Sanders in just the last two games that he's, he's been the number two, he's outperformed what Sanders has done in the last five games prior to that. So uh, he's got 10 catches on 15 targets for 128 yards and three touchdowns in the last two weeks alone. Now, I know that's a lot of touchdown dependency, but in two weeks to average five catches and what, 60, 69 yards, sorry, 64 yards per game, even without the touchdowns, you know, you're looking at 11 plus PPR fantasy points just without the touchdowns. So uh, I think he's a guy that, again, as long as Sanders remains injured, I think that Gabriel Davis is a guy who, you know, especially in a high-powered offense like Buffalo's, he's a guy who could completely go off and, you know, get you, a, a you know, like I said, a 20-point-plus fantasy week. So, again, if you're, if you're at this position in the playoffs, generally you don't need a lot of roster help. 
but here's, you know, what we're giving you here today is some guys that, you know, maybe just grab and throw on your bench, keep available in case one of your wide receivers goes down and, um, or, you know, ends up on the COVID list or whatever the case is. And, and now you have a guy that you can plug in there who could potentially win you, uh, you know, a, a week and, and move you on to the next round of the playoffs. You have any, uh, any wide receivers you'd like to add to that, that list? No, I mean, I, I you, you kind of, you know, you, you had my guys there. You had the Russell Gage, you had Amon Ross St. Brown, and, and you said it. It's for some of these teams that are already not, not that they're even in the bag yet with the, with the parody in the NFL, but uh, some of them are still trying to figure out what works. I mean, Atlanta, for instance, yes, they lost yesterday, but they're still alive in the playoff hunt, you know, probably not going to get there. Um, Detroit, obviously probably not getting there if they're not officially eliminated already, which, which I would think they are, but at the same time, they want to see, these teams want to see what they have. We drafted so-and-so or again, Russell Gage getting a chance to, you know, healthy and we're going to see what you have. You're not going to play uh third banana to Julio and Calvin Ridley. And, and again, Pitts has been a little disappointing to say the least for, for Atlanta. So watching some of these younger players, come up, but watching some of these guys at the end of the year that that a quarterback, uh, again, could be a replacement quarterback, a, a backup for a week, but that that's that guy that he's comfortable targeting and looking for, or a wide receiver that's been forced into uh, a starting role and, and getting targets and volume. These are guys to keep an eye on. And again, those are just some of them based on uh, the availability nowadays in the NFL, but uh, obviously, we just watched the entire receiving core from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go down. So, uh, again, you know, it could be uh, Jalen Darden. It could be Tyler Johnson. We did see where uh, Chris Godwin is out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, I know Mike Evans uh, got banged up last night. We'll see how quickly he responds. You still got Scotty Miller out there. He was a little bit of a, a boomer bust hero last year, had an injury earlier this year, and uh, finally came back from it and, and has just taken a minute to get worked back in. But Looks like some of those younger and uh, bottom feeding wide receivers for the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, are, are going to grow up fast with with Papa Tom down there in Tampa. So again, those are a couple names, maybe two to keep an eye on. Yeah, it does look like Antonio Brown is going to make his way back this week as well. So that's that's a positive thing. And from the reports that I'm that I read today, because I do I do roster Mike Evans in m- one of my more important leagues that I'd like to win. It does seem like it's just a minor injury. He should be okay, uh, you know, barring any setbacks in, in practice this week. Evans should be a go. So you should have Evans and uh, Antonio Brown back available this week. I think personally, I think Tyler Johnson uh, is the guy that steps up. He seems to be the guy that, that gets the first opportunity when any of these guys goes out like in mid game or anything like that. So I think personally, my my pickup, if I'm looking to pick up somebody off of this this Tampa Bay Bucks, which you could do in the, in the event that Evans misses, I think that you could pick up Tyler Johnson and potentially play him. Bershad Perryman, you know, had a, a couple big plays for them recently. He was uh, added to the roster a few weeks ago, and he's played okay. Uh, but I do still think that Tyler Johnson is is the guy there if Evans misses, you know, any significant time or or what have you. All right, you want to get into our streamers for the week? 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dive into those tight ends right now. Um, <laughs> again, I know for some of you, you you already have some incumbents there. Uh, a couple names if you're if you're just on a streaming level. You've got a great matchup if you're if you're looking for some lucky charms. How about James O'Shaughnessy of the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars? Uh, yes, he came back from injury. He started off the season kind of decent, got banged up, got knocked out. Then there was the Dan Arnold experiment he did okay disappeared one week got knocked out just when O'Shaughnessy came back so I don't know if the Irish mob hit him up just to get O'Shaughnessy back on the field I don't know how that went down it's that Um, Superman Clark Kent thing like why why do I never see the both of them at the same time he's he's got the he's got the hair and the other guy is a little more uh, a little more looking like a choir boy (laughs) Uh, so I mean he had a nice game against Houston uh, four catches on four targets for 60 yards that's 10 points that's an easy layup Thanks for that streaming week uh, against Houston. He gets the New York football Jets this week. Uh, they are 25th against the tight end position. Uh, so right off the bat, that kind of gives you an idea that, uh, you know, he has the potential uh, to be targeted. Obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of change and change is going to come in Jacksonville. And it started this weekend. Darrell Bevel uh, is the interim head coach, uh, I think. Trevor Lawrence is going to get a chance to just kind of kind of baby step his way to the end of the season so there's no more damage done. You did see James Robinson get a little bit more usage, especially in the targets uh, out of the backfield. So uh, at the end of the day, I think O'Shaughnessy definitely stands to benefit from, from a quarterback who's going to probably look for safety, quick reads, you know, things like that, where where they're, they're not trying to have him learn anything too complex and put him under any more direct. Uh, so I do like O'Shaughnessy against the Jets with, with Trevor Lawrence, probably using him uh, a little bit more and more each week to get comfortable in, in a real offense. Next on our list, we're going to go with a fantasy hero, uh, although they didn't win the game from this past Saturday night, Hunter Henry. He has been mildly acceptable uh, as a fantasy <laughs> football tight end uh, you know, this season. That's all you can ask for at tight end. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it, the the guy did you know pretty decent work. He's always had some injury issues. He did decent work with the Chargers. He signed a big deal, him and Johnny Smith, and he's definitely been out of the two. It's it's not even a. There's no question. It, there's no competition. It's it's really just been one guy, and it's been Hunter Henry. He had six catches on eight targets, seventy-seven yards, two touchdowns against uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Again, in a loss, he's got twenty targets in the last four weeks. So he's definitely being used by Mac Jones a lot. And again, this is a similar situation. It's a rookie quarterback. They're bringing him along. They're not asking them to do anything that's A, not in their skill set, and B, not going to happen with the levels of talent around them and the levels of the talent on the other side of the football. This week's a little bit of a tougher matchup. They are going up against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, There's not going to be any wind knocking down the goalpost, I don't think, right off the bat. I, I mean, I haven't seen the the weather forecast yet for Buffalo, but we know last time to say it was a, a ground game would be very polite. So there wasn't a lot used from any concept of, of wide receivers, tight ends or anything. The real passing was non-existent. I think Mac Jones had three targets or three, uh, three attempts, attempts, the, yeah. attempts the entire game. So obviously that's not going to be the same case. And I'm just going to try to pan ahead here and take a look at the next 10 days uh, of weather because again you're you're not too far off up there in buffalo and nope looks to be a reasonable day just a normal little windy 
chilly Sunday day after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? So uh, again, I, I think Hunter Henry is going to be probably still that guy down the stretch who probably gets the lion's share of targets. Um, again, if they're losing games, which probably won't happen a lot, but you know, uh, it's his safety valve. It's his guy underneath. You haven't had the most consistent play all year. Jacoby Myers gave you flashes. Uh, we've talked about Kendrick Bourne. We've talked about Nikhil Harry. We've talked about Nelson Aguilar. Their running game was banged up this week, so that kind of set things in motion a little bit too. But at the end of the day, I think Hunter Henry's he, – he'll probably give you one of the safest floors out there with probably like a minimum six points, which you know for some people that's pretty acceptable. Not everybody has Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews types of players that are going to put up – you know George Kittle putting up 35 points a week. That's – that's a first round pick there. If you stream, uh, that's not in your, it's not in the cards, but this is a safe, safe bet for you. Another safe bet because of the opposition is Evan Ingram of the New York football giants. Uh, he had a reasonable game this past weekend. He had four catches on five targets for 32 yards, which you say, okay, no big deal. Why should I have him on my fantasy football tight end streaming radar? Well, uh, the, Philadelphia Eagles are their next opponent on a short week. And the Eagles, we have talked about at length, are the worst, absolute worst team when it comes to holding back a tight end from scoring fantasy points. Real points in the NFL, anything. They cannot, that position just owns them. They, they cannot do anything against it. So knowing that you're going to have probably uh, Jake from State Farm as your quarterback, and you're going to look at uh, Sterling Shepard is out for the season. Did I say tours Achilles? Yes. Which stinks because we had him on our uh, <laughs> waiver wire and we literally talked about the same reasons the whole time, Pat. It was, man, if this guy could just stay on the field for and a that, season, he would show you what he could do and he and, just can't do it. And that was your, that was your retort to me gushing over how much I like Sterling Shepard. You were like, yeah, but if he's only going to give you a game or two, and sure enough, he gave us, basically one and a half and now he's gone for the rest of the season. So you were, you were right. You were right. No, no, I, I, again, I, <laughs> no, I, I get it. Be, I don't, I want the guy to maybe have a rough game, but I don't hate, I don't want to be right about the injury bug, let alone a, you know, like you say, a season ender. And this is going to be one. And Achilles is one of those ones, especially for a skill position guy who's had knocks for the last few years of his career. This is one, if it slows him down a step or two, then suddenly, you know, you might even see it after this season. I don't know what the contract's like, but the Giants may look to just cut bait and say, hey, look, buddy, you're good. But we just, you know, maybe it's better off starting somewhere else and moving on. They have Kadarius Tony. They just signed Galladay to a big contract. You know, you wouldn't be shocked if they, if you see them go wide receiver in the first couple rounds of the draft, maybe just to try to build that up a little bit too. But um, getting that'd back be, to Ingram. That'd be a New York Giant move. Absolutely. I'm still mad that we took Devonta <laughs> Smith. So, you know what? <laughs> see ya. We're, we're happy about that. Um, and at the end of the day, Everett Ingram against the Eagles is going to be a pretty safe bet. Again, he's got double digit potential based on the matchup and with limited targets going around, obviously Saquon's not himself anymore and a young quarterback who's going to look for, uh, what is given to him and the Eagles love to give it to the tight end. So again, look for Evan Ingram against the Eagles this week. Next might be a smidge controversial, uh, in some circles because, while some of the stats show that I am correct in suggesting, others will say I'm an idiot for suggesting. And again, we can agree to disagree. But Jared Cook uh, of the Los Angeles Chargers, three catches on seven targets for 32 yards this past weekend. 
Uh, as we mentioned, the Chargers will be going up against the Houston Texans. They are 24th against the tight end position. So they're a, they're a bottom end team against the tight ends. Uh, that's one thing. But if you look at the volume, he hasn't caught the football. Um, but over the last four weeks, Jared Cook has 21 targets. Uh, he has six red zone targets. So they're trying to get him the football. And I know that Justin Herbert throws it very hard. So maybe there's an issue just in timing. It is his first, it's his first season with him. And I mean, you know, whatever, he's a rookie. But at the end of the day, looking at that volume, something's got to pan out. Now, he's had some tough matchups based on position. They just had the one uh, this past week that that was a team that is actually kind of a pretty, pretty tough team against the tight end position, ironically enough, but but Kansas City actually has a, a reasonable defense when it comes to giving up points to the tight end position. They know all about tight ends with Travis Kelsey, so I'm sure they kind of figured out ways to take away uh, the benefits of that position. And for years, they had to go up against the uh, Antonio Gates of the world. So so they're they're a little shell shock, and I'm sure they they know how to take that spot away. But going against Houston and seeing the volume that he's gotten, um, he still has four touchdowns over the course of the season i, I kind of like it based on the volume i think again maybe not expecting if he gets the touchdown it's going to be double digits but uh somewhere maybe between like a six to twelve we'll say for for a tight end position so again the floor is there uh kind of like most of these guys i think you're going to get to that six level at least uh but again some of them have the potential to whether it be in garbage time or based on the matchup kind of push uh, push for a little bit more. And I like Jared Cook based on that volume that he's been getting, especially the six red zone targets. I mean, they're they're there. It's it's there for him. He's just catching the football. He could have a he could have four catches and two of them are touchdowns. And suddenly, yeah, you're closing in on 20 points instead of a floor of six. So I, I, a little boomer bust, but but I do like Jared Cook if you're in a pinch. And finally, and and you're gonna hear his name again down the road, but uh I'm just going on. Going on, you know, for for the old time's sake, pick of the week, CJ Uzama from the Cincinnati Bengals. He was three catches on four targets for 18 yards this week against the Denver Broncos. Um, Denver's, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that led all pass catchers on that team, though. That's yeah, bad, yeah, they bad they're passing. They the had most. they had a they had a day. Um, you know, that was a, that was a very weird game. I know a lot of a lot of a lot of things went in motion. It's, you know, Bridgewater being knocked out and Mixon getting banged up at the end. They are they're going to be going up this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, uh, again, you're going to hear this come back shortly uh, in the next episode when we do uh, our starts and sits. I don't know if you remember, but they did play earlier this season. They are uh, division rivals, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, earlier this year, uh, CJ Uzuma, uh had a pretty nice game. It was actually one of his biggest of the season. His first biggest was against Jacksonville. Or his second biggest was against the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry. 91 yards, two touchdowns against the Ravens in week seven. 24 points plus in our league of record. Baltimore is kind of bad against the tight end. Uh, so they are in the bottom five, which you know I'm sure he helped to contribute to it, but they're averaging giving up double digits 
to the tight end. And you just had two, you had Mercedes Lewis and I think some guy that was bagging groceries the other week for Green Bay just combined for about 16, 17 points from that tight end position against the Ravens. And, and that team's in a little bit of a tailspin. The coach, you know, I, I don't know, he maybe want to take a step back there and just try to see how games go instead of always going for it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I like him in this matchup, obviously, based on years past of this season, what, what you saw happen with him putting up those points. The Ravens secondary is depleted. You see them giving up points to the tight end position. Obviously, they have a lot of guys to cover out there. They got Chase. They got Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd. They got to worry about. Uh, even if Mixon is out, you'll have Samaji Pirine. You'll have Chris Evans, a rookie out of Michigan, who's filled in with some decent games for the Bengals and, and had some some good moments. So again, I like Uzomwa this week coming in against the Baltimore Ravens. So. And obviously, if we're going to stream, we stream tight ends, we stream defenses and special teams. Uh, there's a few here that I do see streamable. Obviously, you're going to have some of your, your bare bones favorites that are always out there based on certain matchups. But these are a couple that, that could push uh, could push from under the radar and make them a top five, maybe a top 10 defense, depending on how things go. Uh, regardless of the final score of the game, it's about getting the maybe the points allowed low, the yards allowed low, but getting those turnovers, maybe getting something done on special teams. Uh, first team I like is I like the New York Jets against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville gives up the most points to defenses overall. Looking at what they're able to do, the Jets just put up uh, 12 points against Miami, division game, but they were able to get those points stretched out from across the board. So they they found all different ways to pile it up and play a tough game. And they're kind of, you know, their their coach is a defensive-minded coach. So chances are he's going to try to make sure that things go the right way for that team. And, and they have been playing better as of late in the last four weeks. Again, they're, you know, in, in the top 20, top 15 at times and, and have had some, some decent output. So I do like the Jets against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Next up would be the Detroit Lions. They're going to be going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, again, Atlanta is right behind Jacksonville as the second worst team when it comes to giving up points to opposing defenses. Uh, Detroit, you're going to have to break up the Detroit Lions right now. I mean, they're two and one in their last three. They did have the one game where they got they did they got smoked in Denver. Uh, you know that was gonna that was gonna happen. That was the the Marius Thomas. God rest his soul. That was the game plan, playing tribute, and that you weren't you weren't going to be walking into to an easy one, no matter how good your team was. But to see that you know as bad as Detroit has been all season, uh, if you look back, some of those games they weren't as bad in. They just make some mistakes and, and get beat up. Uh, the defense has quietly come along. They've had a couple of games with negative points. Yes, they have, uh, and a lot of those were really in big blowout losses where it really stretches that that point differential the other way for you. But they just put up eight points against the Arizona Cardinals in a win. Arizona is, you know, supposed to be one of these top high-flying offenses. Now you're going to go up against Atlanta, who is anything but. Uh, I do see Detroit. It's a dome team versus a dome team, so there's no advantage there. And to see Detroit with a little momentum going on the road with nothing to lose, pushing all in against Matty Ice and that team, uh, you might see some nice things happen for them. So I do like Detroit going to Atlanta. Did talk about it. I had them previously when they played this game, and I'm going to do it again. 
the New York football giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a the tough division game, which is always the reason. That was one of the reasons the last time I thought they would hold the Eagles. Now, granted, the Eagles made a lot of turnovers and that added not only to them not winning and, and everything, it totally made out for why you should have a defense against a certain team in that matchup. But with the Giants that game, you know, they went on and ended up with 13 points in a win. And it was really the three turnovers. They were all interceptions. Uh, and one was a fumble recovery. So, you know, you're getting four turnovers. Those are those are massive points. Uh, and, and again, they, they did everything right. They just lost to Dallas. That's not a shocker. Uh, they're not on their level. They put up five respectable points in a 21 to six loss. And you say, you know, it's respectable. But again, Dallas could have probably put, put a lot more hurting on them. This is a tough matchup against the Eagles. It's a short week. Again, we're going to mention this a few times because of these matchups with these teams who got their games pushed. Um, you're, you're looking at uh, – it's one thing for tonight. you got the Raiders and Browns. It's slightly a normal rest depending on the matchups. But the Tuesday games are where everybody's really kind of getting a little, little nervous. So Seattle and the Rams – uh, Washington football team and the Eagles, they're going to have less time to heal up and prepare for their next opponent. I kind of like that little edge in a tough division game at the link post Christmas uh, here in Philly. So finally, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I like their defensive chances against Baltimore. Baltimore is the 26th worst defense or worst team against giving up points to the defense. Cincinnati is they're not bad. They're not good. They're just kind of there defensively. But again, this matchup, um, they just put up nine points against uh, the Denver Broncos on the road in a win. And again, it was a it was a wild game, uh, to say the least. They've had some decent output as of recently. Uh, you're looking at 19, 6, 5, and 9 in their last four games. Of that point in time, you're looking at going 2-2 two and two in those games. Uh, you're going up against Baltimore, who, again, you handily beat. 41 to 17 earlier this season with a respectable six points. Now you get Baltimore at home. And again, you're looking to make a playoff push. Baltimore's desperate. Who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be? Uh, is it going to be Huntley? Is Lamar going to be back? Baltimore is kind of just, again, they're, they're looking, looking kind of fuzzy. So I, I do like Cincinnati this week in a, in a tough divisional matchup again against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to throw one other one in there only because. They're my start of the week. So <laughs> give it a little teaser. Well, that's not a good teaser. It's a just spoiler alert. Here we straight, go. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I, I like the Chargers this week versus Houston. Houston's the fourth worst team versus the defense special teams. And, and as I'll go over again in, in the starts it portion of, of the next episode, the reason I like them is because I think the Chargers can get out and score. And I think if that happens and Houston is sort of forced to throw the ball to to stay in that game the chargers bulk of their their turnovers the games that they create turnovers are games where they're ahead and have to the other team has to throw in order to keep up with them and i think if if houston can hold the game close defensively which is going to be a tough task but if they can do that you know i don't think the chargers defense holds up as well because i think you can run the ball against them but houston's defense has not been great this year and I think if the Chargers can, like I said, get out and score early, I think there's a recipe there for some interceptions, possibly an interception return for a touchdown, uh, some sacks. They have, you know, Joey Bosa out there and and Melvin Ingram, who just, you know, when they can kind of pin their ears back and just be pass rushers, 
they can they can be pretty devastating on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I do really like the Chargers a lot this week versus Houston. Oh, you got to watch out for that Davis Mills. He could carve him up. <laughs> oh, I, agreed. I, I actually am looking forward to to seeing this matchup, but I, I do think that it's a possibility that uh, that Davis Mills could could be in for it a little bit in this game against against the Chargers defense. It, the Texans don't run the ball extremely well. They they do it a lot. They hand the ball off plenty. They just don't gain a ton of yards per per rush. Uh, I know that the Chargers are the worst team in the league giving up yards per carry. So, you know, maybe Houston has a little bit more success running the ball against them this week. But I don't know. I just see this game being, you know, Chargers up 14 nothing or or 17 nothing fairly early and and you know going to halftime maybe up 21 nothing or something like that and you know the Texans just having to having to throw the ball a, a ton in the second half and just really uh playing into what the Chargers do well on defense. True. No, absolutely. Yeah, you don't <laughs> They're kind of a one-trick pony with Brand, you know, with with Cooks there, and and I think that it won't take them long to figure out a way to stop that offense. Absolutely. All right. So to end our streamers, let's get into some streaming quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to run through these pretty quickly. I I don't personally see a ton of guys. I'm going to give you five options. Honestly, I don't think all of them are great options, but I do think that they are they're options nonetheless. If if you know you're you're in one of these spots where Again, your starter goes down on the COVID list or, you know, something crazy happens and you need to grab somebody and throw them in your lineup. I think that these guys are are at least viable options that could do something this week. So we're going to start with Jared Goff versus Atlanta. Atlanta's the second worst team versus the quarterback position. And Jared Goff just came off a, a pretty solid game um, where he beat, you know, the one of the top seeds in, in the NFC. So, you know, Goff is not the best quarterback in the world, but... He does get the job done, and if given the opportunity, you know he's he does shine from time to time, and he's not a guy who uh, you know he's a guy who can put two or three touchdowns on the board any given Sunday. So he against Atlanta, I think he's got a shot to potentially do that again this week. Number two, I like Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are the eleventh worst team to the quarterback position. Garoppolo again is not one of these you know, prolific passers. He doesn't throw a ton of, uh, it doesn't even throw a ton of passes, but he doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns or anything like that. But I'm always optimistic with Jimmy G because of the talent that surrounds him. He doesn't turn the ball over, which is good. It means he's not going to lose you fantasy points. And, you know, you, you see these little screen passes, a little, little bubble screens to Debo or uh, even, you know, Ayuk and Kittle out there. He's, he's got talent at, at every different position. And uh, I mean, the, the 49ers do tend to, to score more rushing touchdowns than they do passing touchdowns, but there's always the option that, you know, Jimmy G gets, gets a, a little hand in some passing touchdowns based off of, you know, just the, the plays that are called and, you know, guys sort of taking the ball and, and doing a little bit more with it and, and Jimmy G getting a little bit of credit. He's, he's not really a downfield type thrower. But um, they do get a lot of yards after the catch, and that that all counts towards your quarterback. Number three, I like Ryan Tannehill versus the San Francisco 49ers in that same game. The Niners are the 10th worst team to the quarterback position. And the way that 49ers offense has been playing recently, 
I, I have a feeling that they're going to score some points against Tennessee. Tennessee's defense has been pretty solid, but I feel like this could be a, a little bit of a high scoring game. And I think that in order for Tennessee to keep up with San Francisco, uh, who I believe is actually the favorite in this game, strangely enough, even though they're, even though they have a worse record and, and are on the road, but Tannehill's got the opportunity. Uh, you know, I know Julio Jones is probably going to be out again, but he, he should be getting AJ Brown back off of IR this week. He's been throwing the ball to the backs out of the backfield. You've got Nick Westbrook Aquina there who, you know, has been serviceable in, in opportunities that he's gotten. So uh, there's some, there's some options there and Tannehill's always good for a few rushing yards every week. So, uh, you know, possibly a rushing touchdown, I think is always possible with, with Tannehill. He's a, pretty, he's a pretty athletic guy. Number four, Ben Roethlisberger versus Kansas City. Not really sure what to expect out of this game, but I think one possible outcome is that this turns into, literally turns into a shootout. Now, I know Kansas City's defense has been playing a lot better over the past, you know, five to six weeks, but they are still fifth worst to the quarterback position in the league as far as giving up fantasy points. Roethlisberger's been decent recently. Um, hasn't, you know, been blowing anybody away by any means. But Scott, you very well know, you know, you've had him as your start of the week. I believe I've had him as my start of the week. He, he's produced in both of those games. I think against Kansas City, you're going to be forced to throw the ball. He could either have a huge game and, and throw for a couple touchdowns and keep this game close and entertaining. Or he could, you know, totally bomb and throw a couple of picks and Kansas City could wipe the floor with Pittsburgh. That's that's another possible scenario. But again, if you're in a spot where you're looking to stream somebody, Roethlisberger, I think, is is one of those guys who's got at least a shot to be a boom this week uh, against an offense who is finding its way and, and scoring some points now. And I think we'll we'll score against Pittsburgh. And, and Pittsburgh will will have to keep up in that game as well. So Roethlisberger, I don't think, is a terrible option. And then the last one I'm going to put out there, it doesn't have a great matchup, but I just think that he's going to start coming into his own as a quarterback. And, and again, I do like the fact that he runs with the ball a little bit, and we're about to see him here in, in about an hour and a half or so, is uh, Justin Fields versus Seattle. Seattle's actually the 13th best defense uh, versus the quarterback position, but they don't do uh, all that well against rushing quarterbacks. Their, their secondary is decent. You know, they're, they're pretty good against the wide receiver as well. Struggle against the running back position. And I think that this, you know, could very easily be a, a David Montgomery game for, for Chicago. But I, I think that fields, he's starting to figure things out. He's starting to understand like, you know, let me hit my first read, my second read. And then if it's not there, you know, he's, he's looking to take off with the ball. And you know me, I'm a sucker for quarterbacks that run the ball because it's so much easier to score fantasy points with your legs than it is with your arm. I think that Fields is a good option every week, regardless of who the Bears are playing. But I really like them against Seattle because I think that the Bears defense will keep Seattle respectively low in the, in the scoring department. And I think that the bears could potentially come out with a win in this game. And I think if, if Justin Fields plays well, I think they could actually win this game. So I do like fields this week versus the uh, versus Seattle Seahawks. Any other quarterbacks you, you saw that you like any. Uh, I mean, I, I think, 
I think that, you know, at this point, I think your top eight, 10, 12, maybe 14 in your leagues are, are, are kind of locked in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, right now, I, I, depending on how things go, I mean, obviously it looks like Jalen Hurts is a go. So, you know, obviously the, the Gardner Minshew, everybody jumping on him for one game. I think that's <laughs> kind of run its course. You know, jokingly, I did say, you know, got to maybe, again, just keep your eye on him. I mean, he didn't have a phenomenal game this past weekend. But, uh, again, I, I just – something about the kid. I, I, I do like Davis Mills a little bit. I think if he was given, you know, maybe one more weapon, something in the running game that could help him down there. Obviously, that whole team's a bit of a mess. But uh, I, I don't think you have to utilize him right now. And, I mean th- – he hasn't lit the world on fire, but it'd be interesting. I want to see what he does in his last three games. I want to see what Zach Wilson can do. I mean, obviously the receiving core there is a little banged up. The running game's a little banged up. So, you know, is he going to suddenly be one of those guys who is starting to scramble around a little bit more, maybe get a little bit more involved with with his legs? Uh, he did have a rushing touchdown. He also lost a fumble this weekend. So, I mean, you know, these young quarterbacks, like you said, Fields, a lot of people quietly had him earmarked as maybe the best of the group, and Mac Jones had been pretty solid throughout. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say just go with what you got. I mean, Tyler Huntley, that was a great game, but is he going to be the guy next week? And even if he is the guy next week, again, I, I don't really like their chances against Cincinnati as much now that he has some stuff on tape, plus that team being familiar with that that offense just as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I think that I thought about Huntley, but I, I think Lamar's going to come back anyway. And like you said, I think Huntley it, it sort of benefited this week from, uh, again, a game script where he, he was forced to keep up with the Packers who were scoring. And mm-hmm. the Packers really didn't know what to expect. They, you know, they knew how to prepare for Lamar Jackson, but I don't think that they realized that Tyler Huntley was as, as, as nimble and as fleet of foot as, as he was. And I don't think that they necessarily expected a – uh, Lamar Jackson performance from him to keep them in this in that game, but uh, I, I think you're right. If he does end up getting another start, I think the Bengals will be a little bit more prepared for you know what to expect with with Huntley back there at quarterback. All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for this week. We don't have any any alibis or anybody to add, so I think you know moving forward with your waiver pickups. Just be diligent. Don't think that your waiver Wednesday morning, or, or actually, I believe it's going to be a lot of sites are moving it to Thursday morning this week because. Oh um, yeah, that's going to be a mess too. We didn't even touch on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Um, be diligent though. You know, make sure that you get your waiver claims in. Like we just said, most of the sites are moving waivers back to Thursday instead of Wednesday. Make sure that you're you know on top of that and prepared, but make sure that you're paying attention even after your waiver is clear. Not only do you want to make sure that you're looking for guys that people are dropping, but you want to keep your eye on the COVID situation, the the injury situation. You want to you make sure, especially now at these you know, critical times in your fantasy season, you want to make sure that you're on top of the news and that you can act quickly to pick up players. I can't tell you how many times you know, in a week, I will go in and add and drop somebody because I get a piece of news. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now this guy's healthy and he's going to play. Okay, well, then I'll drop, you know, the guy that I picked up to be his backup and and I'll roster somebody else. You know, we actually just had a discussion, Scott and I, before the podcast that I dropped 
Duke Johnson was this Sunday morning. I think I dropped him or yep. Saturday. Duke's God. Yep. Ended up being the number one running back on the week so far. But once I found out that Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed were coming back off of the COVID list and were going to be available to play in that game against the Jets, I didn't think Duke Johnson had a chance to play. I was obviously wrong. But had those guys remained on that COVID list, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to start Duke Johnson versus the Jets, who were the worst team in, in the NFL versus the running back position. Unfortunately for me, those guys came back, still didn't play a whole lot. Duke Johnson got, you know, 22 carries and I think 100 and what do you have, 107 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. So, you know, those things are those are the things that you need to pay attention to seeing who's coming back off of injury, seeing who's coming back off of the COVID list, making your decisions based off of, you know, who's available to play and who isn't going to be available to play. That's something that you have to monitor daily. If you want to win your fantasy league, it's not something that you can just set Wednesday night and pick up your waiver claims Thursday morning. And then your lineup and your roster is set for the week. You have to constantly be paying attention, updating and picking up new players. So, that's what it takes. You don't have to necessarily do that throughout the entire season, but in the fantasy playoffs, every little move that you make can make or break your week and therefore make or break your season. So uh, stay diligent, stay on top of the news. Please, if you feel inclined, follow us on social media, especially on Twitter. I know that I try to retweet a lot of, of information that I get through other sources, whether it be, you know, ESPN, whether it's, you know, Adam Schefter or whatever, if there's information put out about players that are going on the COVID list, coming off the COVID list, whatever the case is, um, I do try to retweet as much of that as I can so that anybody who is following me at least has that information and is able to use that to, uh, again, pick up players, make lineup decisions or, or whatever. So, Scott, any uh, any final words before we sign off here? Well, folks, it's literally going to be probably coming down to if you were a good boy or girl this year. Uh, ironically, this is that week. Uh, hopefully, you made your list and sent it. You know, he made his list. He's checking it twice. You check your lineup twice. You make sure that everybody's in that should be in. Again, we said before. Even though this week did not prove it to be totally correct, go with what got you there. That did not work out for everybody, but um, unfortunately, there's nothing to control some of the anomalies of things with the timings of games and, and you know rosters being adjusted on the fly because of COVID and all the little things in between. Uh, you know, a lot of it, it's going to be the best players you can put out there. It's going to be the best matchup that you have against those players, and and just. At the end, it does end up coming to luck. I mean, it's it's a team that you put together in the hopes that every little piece works out. And, you know, you see some people cruise the entire season and they're dominating your league and everybody's like, oh, that guy's got it. They're going to win. Or, you know, she's been the number one team since the beginning of the season. And then sometimes, yeah, you get into the playoffs, you have one bad game and then it's over. At the end of the day, just go with what got you there. You know, and, and I think that hopefully, if again, if you've been a good – boy or girl that that's and it will leave you something under the tree for your fantasy football championship we talked about a couple names of people that may be that guy to get you over the hump based on their recent production so again if you have somebody who did get you there and he's just been 
fizzling out. And, and again, the matchups don't prove right. Then maybe that's where some of these little uh, tea leaves that we read for you may help to get you again to hoist that trophy and rub it in everybody else in your league's face. Uh, what could be better than that for the holidays? So uh, <laughs> again, these are some streamers and waiver wire pickups uh, at all positions that we are offering. We wish you all the best of luck, the happiest of holidays, and we will catch you on the other side when we jump into our start sits for week 16. Uh, that being said, that's a wrap, and we'll see you then, folks. Peace. We'd like to sincerely thank you for listening to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. We put out a lot of funny and informative information on there. Our email address, if you'd like to email the show, is the Nine Route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click the little plus wherever you're listening to follow the show. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy football info to take your team deep here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.